On today's show, Ford's EcoSport will likely get built in Michigan. All those new small vans are killing the minivan segment, and the supplier industry continues to consolidate. All that and more coming right up on AutoLine Daily. This is AutoLine Daily for July 15th of 2015. UAW members were dismayed when Ford announced it will pull the Focus and C-Max out of the Michigan assembly plant and probably move them to Mexico. But Ford already announced it's putting a new product in that plant, and now Ward's reports it's probably going to be the Ford EcoSport, a subcompact crossover. That makes a lot of sense because Ford and Toyota are the only major brands that don't have an entry into that segment. And compact crossovers are growing six times faster than the rest of the market. Funny how the American public is not that interested in buying subcompact cars, but give them a subcompact crossover and they'll practically stand in line to buy one. You know, automakers see a lot of profit in performance cars, and that's a key reason why Volvo just acquired Polestar, a Swedish high-performance car company. Their collaboration goes back to 1996 in motorsports. More recently, the two companies jointly developed Polestar versions of Volvo cars. By bringing Polestar in-house, Volvo wants to be more competitive with BMW M and Mercedes AMG models. And speaking of acquisitions, auto supplier Borg Warner just bought Remy International, which makes starters, alternators, and electric motors. This will help bolster Borg Warner's EV powertrain business. By the way, Remy traces its roots back to 1896 when Frank and Perry Remy started a wiring business. The company was later acquired by General Motors and named Delco Remy. GM spun it off in 1994 when it was bought by a group of investors, including Hal Spurlick, the former president of Chrysler. Coming up next, the Acura NSX gets out on the road, minivan sales get clobbered, and why men like bright and shiny colors. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires, your journey, our passion. Dow Automotive Systems, breakthrough technologies for lightweight vehicles. And by Hyundai. Learn more at Hyundai.com. The minivan segment in the U.S. market is getting clobbered, especially the Chrysler Town & Country and Dodge Caravan. Their sales have dropped nearly in half compared to last year. And a key reason is all those new small vans, like the Ford Transit Connect, Nissan NV200, Chevrolet City Express, and the Ram Promaster City. So far this year, they account for 40,000 sales, while the traditional minivan segment is down 41,000 units. So it sure looks like consumers are just jumping out of one and into the other. Even so, minivans like the Toyota Sienna, Kia Sedona, and Honda Odyssey are selling just fine. It's the Chrysler and Dodge minivans that are losing sales. There's a new town and country on the way, and Chrysler desperately needs it in its showrooms. The Acura NSX is getting closer to production, but hasn't crossed the finish line just yet. In the meantime, here's a look at the supercar running up Pikes Peak, where it served as the pace car. While the car was not pushed to its fullest, senior PR manager Sage Marie did open it up a bit, giving us a nice audio track. Just click the headline in today's transcript to give a watch and a listen. Well, it turns out men really do like their cars to be bright, loud, and fast. After analyzing 30 million used car listings and buyer inquiries, 
the website IC Cars broke down color preferences between men and women. Car companies typically advertise muscle cars like the Corvette, Camaro, Mustang, and Hellcats using bright colors. IC Cars found that orange proved to be the top choice amongst men. Black and red cars lost some popularity, but still showed strong sales. Women buyers, however, showed a bias towards more subdued gold, silver, and beige-colored cars. Even so, Swapalise.com claims that 80% of vehicles on the road are gray, black, or white. I guess it looks like men are more willing to get out of the gray scale. And coming up next, John answers some of your questions, and you said it. For the people at Dow, racing is a sport and a science. We enjoy one and learn from the other. But like most competitive people, we like winning at both. This is the human element at work. Dow. And now it's time for some of your feedback. Rob wants to know, besides the obvious reason of unlocking the doors or trunk to steal items, is there any other reason someone would have for hacking into a car? Rob, here are two of the top concerns of cybersecurity experts. One is where a hacker gains access to your car and renders it inoperable. The hacker then demands a ransom or you will never be able to use your car again. Another scenario is where a car thief calls a hacker service and says, hey, I'm at the corner of Main Street and Elm and I'm looking for a late model luxury car to steal. What do you got for me? The hacker checks out his system and says, I've got a brand new BMW 7 Series parked only two blocks away. Here's the VIN. When you get there, call me and I'll unlock the doors and start the engine. All you need is a slide hammer to break the steering lock and drive away. So theft represents the most likely problems, but terrorism and general mayhem are also high up the list. GA Brannigan heard our report of Volkswagen experimenting with algae-based fuel and says, I am having a hard time trying to imagine where it could be made in sufficient quantities to offset or do away with dino fuel. Well, we're a long way from getting off dino fuel, as you call it, but keep in mind that the U.S is making 15 billion gallons of ethanol every year. And while that's only 10% of all gasoline usage, it's not chopped liver. The goal with alternative fuels, at least in the short term, is to reduce smog and lower CO2 emissions. But unless or until alternative refiners can get costs down below the price of gasoline, there's not going to be a whole lot of market demand for alternative fuels. Rum and Coke heard our report that AutoNation, the biggest dealer group in the American market, is dropping its relationship with TrueCar. He wants to know, has TrueCar overplayed their hand, or is this an example of what the tech guys call disruptive technology sweeping away the old ways? TrueCar is facing a lot more pushback than any other third-party lead generator. It's facing several class-action shareholder lawsuits. It's being sued by the California New Car Dealer Association. Some of its practices were deemed illegal in several states, and now some other dealer groups are also dropping TrueCar. Now, none of this means that the company is going to fail. Other car dealers seem to love the service, but it sure is surprising to see how many people that TrueCar has really ticked off. And finally, Barry points out, that new Maxima C-Pillar reminds me a lot of the Citroen SM, which is a compliment. I wonder if they'll add fender skirts on the rear when they refresh. Hey, you're right. 
The Maximus C pillar kind of does remind us of the Citroen SM. Hey, I want to thank you for all your comments and questions. Gives us a chance to add some more details to the stories that we bring to you each day. But anyway, that wraps up today's show. Thanks for watching, and please join us again tomorrow.